Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by our student ministry director, Josh Schweitzer, as we discuss the importance of Sabbath in our series entitled An Integrated Life. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Today in the armchair with our student ministry director, Josh Schweitzer. Hey, Josh. Good to be here. Good to be back. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you were in Classic this week. Um, a little different the last couple of times you've been in Vine, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. uh, back in the pre-recording stage on Thursday and then 8:15 and 10:30. Does it get does it do you get weary doing the two services on Sunday morning? No, no. Well, uh, not anymore. I mean, um, you know, some churches have 3 to 4 yeah. a day and and there was a time when I first started at church that between all the different ministries, if I particularly preached in the main service, I was doing five different things in one day. That yeah. that was exhausting. Yeah. Um, and because they were so close to each other, there wasn't like recovery time really in between. Yeah. That was the only time in my ministry where when I would finish teaching, I would run to my office and hide as quick as possible because yeah. I was like, I can't, I just do not have the, yeah. so I don't know how these guys do it. Yeah. I can't, I, I, when I, in my last church, we had three services and for a good while at the, you know, at the end of my time there, I, I was preaching three, three sermons in a row. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and they were very different services. So we had a very traditional eight, uh, 8.15 service and then polar opposite contemporary service at 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 9:45 um in a different room and I'd have to change clothes because <laughs> I was in a I was Just in a suit. Cool well, I was in a suit in one, and then yeah. definitely not in a suit in the other. Zach's got to put those jeans with the holes in them on and just fit we, in. And we used to call it like the Superman change, oh, and then yeah. and then and then back into a more of a blended style service. So change again, uh, and uh, yeah. So well, I did. You know, I had uh, several outfits where it wasn't like a overall it was really just take the tie off take the jacket off and i was good to go you know like i kind of found that middle of the road sort of thing that was i didn't wear sneakers to preach back then um <laughs> i was younger too so my my knees and my ankles were a little bit better than they Sturdier, are right now yeah. so uh but yeah that's exhausting and even here i preach when i when i preach um in classic like i will this sunday coming up i'll do three things i'll, I'll do three kind of i'll do eight fifteen, then i'll i'll teach at agape nine fifteen, and then i go right back into ten thirty. and uh i don't get I, I can i mean i can do that pretty pretty I don't say easily. It's not easy, but it's 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 more. I have more stamina, but I I couldn't imagine tacking on two or three more. Well, I actually think you switching to agape is a little bit harder because it's two different things. Yeah, yeah. it's two yeah. different. That's that's the hard part. Yeah. To, for me, I, yeah. it's my memory. My memory can only contain so, so much. much. Yeah, and so if I have to swap like uh, messages, um, it's one thing to like make one more concise or yeah. embellish, you know, the same message. Well, that can be done. That's easily. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's hard. Well, and and. It's teaching versus preaching, which is different too. I mean, when I teach in agape, it's not. I mean, sometimes it gets, and I'll joke in 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 the in the class that 
I'll switch to like almost like a sermon like mode like I will do it on purpose just all of a sudden I'll realize I'm preaching mm-hmm. you know you can feel that kind of shift in yourself and uh, and and but otherwise it's much more you know going I don't there's not pre- I would say the pressure in teaching is to me is diminished because there's no you know we always talk about uh around here you know how did you land the plane you know how mm-hmm. did you land the plane in in a sermon right you got to you got to come to a point yeah. it, you got to give the people you know give the congregation what are they taking home with them to live their their disciple help their discipleship throughout the rest of this week you know that's the at least in how i think of it that's that's the yeah, goal the, right the now what yeah yeah in teaching it's not like that for me at least when i to me it's there, there's always a now what, but if I don't get to the now what of this particular passage on this week, we'll pick it up next week, right? Sure. I don't, I don't feel that sense of, I don't know. There's an anxiety there. That, that, that's the benefit of long form. Is exactly, that you can stretch that thing as long as you want. Yeah, yeah which that's the beauty of teaching, right? Yeah, you can. And that's what's different. We we talk about it a lot. Different teaching than preaching is teaching is. Okay, well, you know, we only got through three verses today. I, I planned for, for ten, but but because you know, you asked this question or this person asked this question, we went off on a rabbit trail, a good rabbit trail, God's rabbit trail. But it's, it, I don't feel the pressure, so it's, I don't know, it's a little more conversational, I guess, in that way than a sermon, which is much more like, no, I have these points that I feel like God has given me to make. And if I don't get to the end, if I don't hit a call, if you don't hear me say the words, will you answer that call? It didn't happen. Right. right, so, right. <laughs> so it's a, uh, well, and I think you and I talked about this, but I, I've, I've made a pretty hard argument that Sunday morning is more proclamation oriented yeah. today. Uh, depending on how you want to define what the difference between preaching and teaching is, but it is proclamation in the sense that I'm, I am trying to give yeah. you a short burst of something mm-hmm. and then, yeah, have a takeaway essentially, yeah. or at least a thought, you know? Yeah. And I, and yeah. And I think that's, that's a huge difference, you know, in mm-hmm. the teaching ministry, teaching ministry, there, there are carryovers. Obviously there's carryovers, there's exposition of scripture. There's, but I, like, I feel like in a, when I'm teaching long form, which is what I do in the agape class. If I've read five commentaries on that particular passage, I can tell you, I, I, I might take the time to tell you what each one, which each commentary said so that you can extrapolate, get, which that. yeah, you cannot do that in a sermon. You got to go through the five commentaries and then say, yeah, but what is the congregation <laughs> so you need to in, hear? Yeah. You know, what do I, what am I, what am I taking out of this that that is for this moment? And I've got a that's a big decision process, and that's why prayer is so important with it. But well, yeah. I, and also, and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I'll make it succinct. Mm-hmm. It is the difference between I think tr- true discipleship is learning and experiencing. Um, by osmosis more than in informational yeah. packets mm-hmm. right um and I, I think that is hard for some americans to digest that you know it's it's you know some of our rebuttal with the the biblically illiterate conversations is like well then we just need to dial in these things and i go well it's partially that but yeah. it's partially just long form being yeah. with one another yeah. allowing those side trails and rabbit trails and 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 as Absolutely. as by osmosis as time goes on you begin to absorb it one it's to that to that very point, it's commitment 
uh, with a group of people for a long period of time. I mean, I've been with the Agape class for so I've been here ten years. I started in year three, so or year two, two and a half, three. So I've been with them uh, for eight, almost nine years, wow. and and some of these folks have been with me the entire time. That's incredible, and it's amazing to watch. And these are these are most of these folks are you know double my age i mean almost double my age i mean some of them are not quite that but they're i mean they're you know they're 65 and up right uh which is not 65 is not double my age i'm a lot closer to 65 than i used to be (laughs) um but but they're 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 people that that have been in church most of their life they've been uh faithful you know members here for a long time but there's still transformational work that happens i get emails from them that are like whoa you know i've read matthew i i you know i read the bible every they told me you know i read the bible every year and i've never seen this i've never pulled this out and and watching some of these people who are successful businessmen and women say you know what i'm actually taking seriously the call of god to live as a member of his kingdom with my unchurched friends and i'm actually trying to influence them for christ whereas before we just hang out and play golf Mm -hmm. right and now they're like they're they're tackling the evangelism piece (laughs) which some of them like didn't do consistently i mean or you know or they didn't think about and it's amazing to watch what god does in these people's lives when you you know are consistently with them and say i'm going to be there for you that's why i hate not doing a you know the the teaching class we don't have to take time off i got to take time off over the summer just because there was a lot going on here and people are on vacation and things like that and and i was on vacation for a little bit but uh you know it it, it's it's that it's that consistency that regularity um but uh this week we were talking about Sabbath. Yeah. So we were we we jumped off of similar past a uh, similar uh, stories from Jesus' life. You went mm-hmm. out of uh, Mark's gospel. I went out of Matthew's gospel. Same stories, different some different details. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we also went back much earlier. We also went back to the Genesis patterns and things like that. So as you're thinking about Sabbath and you're kind of you know unpacking the concept of Sabbath, what was it that you really wanted to make sure you communicated as 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 clearly as you possibly could? Uh, two things. One, um, for some people there is a guilt in rest. Yeah. And you kind of you, I think you honed it on that a little mm-hmm. bit more than I did, but there is there's this unhealthy, uh, and I had uh, there was an individual that came up to me after the ten thirty, and she said, "Well, good. Now I feel less guilt about taking a nap." And I said, "If anyone should feel the most refreshed and the most jazzed up to take a nap or sleep, it's a Christian because we know God is in control That's and right. He is sovereign over all. So if anyone should be, if there's any people on this earth that should be the most rested, it actually should be us. Yeah. Um, and and I brought up the uh, I think it's Elijah the when he's on the run, the first thing God yeah, yeah. does is have him eat and sleep. Oh, like because you have a body, yeah. you are your your soul is attached to that. So like you need to take care of yourself. Then we'll have our conversation. Yeah. Afterwards, and so, um, so that's the first part is that how good that is, yeah. like how good it is, um, and also I, I wanted to pin that to that was prior to the fall that this has been yeah. a rhythm, which I loved how you did that. I, I did not pull that nuance out there, but that was a great, great like kind of 
like reminder that this was God's pattern even before we messed up work. Even right. when work was perfectly good and everything was going well in work, he still gave us that pattern of rest. Yeah, which is why then I tied it to then rest could be napping, yes, but it's yeah. not necessarily um, – being lazy or vegging yeah. um, or, or necessarily sleeping in, although you can. That's yeah. not uh, against, you know, whatever. But So that was the first thing. Um, the the second thing, um, I mean, now, now I'm missing it. Uh, what I wanted to make clear, the second thing I think to make clear was, so not the guilt, not to have the guilt in it, and two, do we really believe that spending time with God intentionally regenerates our soul and and ourselves as a person. Yeah. Do we really believe that? Yeah. Um, because if we did, and, and so for me, Sabbath is not, it, it is intentional. I'm intentionally lining up my day to some degree, not to overwork anymore, but to actually relax in God. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, the recording might not have said that, but in the 1030, I was leaning into that more is that um, because if you and I don't build intentional time to date our wives, we won't. Yeah. Right. We can't organically, you know, like, or maybe that does organically happen from time to time. But I have to put some pre thought to, like, how do I want to connect with my wife? What would make her the most happy? Yada, yada. And the same thing with God is that I, I, if I'm, if I really think that spending time with him is going to like fill, fill me yeah. up and, and, and give me that passion and, and all that good stuff, then I need to set up some actual specific time with him. And yeah. so there can be naps, there can be hikes, there can be, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not just hiking. I am spending time with yeah. the Lord and that is going to just, you know, rejuvenate my soul. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and that's where, like, when I was talking about the, the creation side of things, then the, the spending time with family and relational type type things the i i kept going back to the if you're seated in in a genuine faith in jesus christ those activities can be can, will break forth into praise and they'll break forth into gratitude so there is that conditional statement there because if it is just if, if it's not if you if you're sitting there and you're not really a follower of jesus you're just kind of giving it lip service then those things won't right mm-hmm. and then 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 you have a different conversation about your faith and your salvation and, and relationship with christ but if you do and you really take seriously the the distractionless, unhurried patterns of relationship and and life, it will generate gratitude. I mean, mm-hmm. it it will because it's it's the Holy Spirit bubbling up within us to say, acknowledge your Creator, acknowledge your Savior, acknowledge your Lord in these moments of respite and relaxation. And uh, when when the but it's it's I think the the, the hard thing and, and I used a term um, that I actually pulled from one of the books uh, that that pathological busyness thing right mm-hmm. and and if I had more time I would have unpacked the word pathological f- for a moment right because pathological is is an, is is seated in an almost addictive behavior this is I didn't I. I Sometimes you use phrases like that, or, or like, and it's in John Mark Comer's book, he, book where he says pathological busyness. When he kind of unpacks what that really means, he's not just using that as a fancy way of <laughs> no, saying yeah. you're too hurt, you're too hurried. It's like no, no, no. You are conditioned. 
you have now we have now created and I say we have now created a physiological desire that and almost a need. So when you have like a pathological liar, for example, or a pathological like a kleptomaniac or something like that, this is not like a, I'm trying to be bad and so I'm going to lie or I'm going to you know steal. It's I can't help but lie and I can't help but steal. Like it's so ingrained in that individual that they have to have a deep pro like a, like a, it has to be a deprogramming through therapy and through yeah. all sorts of yeah. you know so, yeah. same thing with busyness now. I mean that's where yeah. we're at with busyness at You're this right. point. You're right. We we create um I can't remember what I think it was like wired for intimacy might have been the, mm-hmm. the book I was reading but we create cognitive ruts for good or bad or or habits but but the the visual they gave where it was like kind of when you see a game trail that's used over and over and yeah. over the broader the path the more it's visible because animals continue to travel it and so yeah. our brains are rutted in the same way that for good or bad i yeah. mean it doesn't have to be a bad thing mm-hmm. but it's your go-to so as soon as you fire off i have a need your brain will automatically like you said pathologically jump to the wider path in your head and so thank god we have malleable brains where yeah. we can actually reset those things but it is really hard and it it, it often would take maybe even counseling to yeah to especially rewire. If it's a negative especially if it's a negative mm-hmm. rut be, you know and and the hardest part i think about the sabbath thing uh the sabbath concept is when we're not in sabbath or we're not in that spirit of rest um we it's easy to fall back into that busyness mentality so it's like and and this is where You've read John Mark Comer's book, right? Have you read that Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Not yet. Yeah, yeah. I've been told to read it several times. So yeah, I should have. No, I'll, I'll tell you this. I just for people that are, and I, I, I kind of put this in there. I, I said this in the message because I did reference it. Not all of it's gold. I mean, some of yeah. it is like I, I, there are times where I think Comer gets pharisaical, and, and I'm like, wait, don't you see what you just? I mean, like, <laughs> but it, it, so I whenever I this is one of the things seminary and my doctorate taught me is. You read what you read. You evaluate. Some people think, well, if I read it, I'm giving it my wholesale stamp of approval, and every I agree with everything that's in there. Some people do read like that. I do not. Yeah, there are a yeah. lot of books I recommend to people, and I have to tell them, look, I'm going to just tell you, if you read this book, there's a lot of stuff in there I don't like, but it is worth the read if you get this like this Take conversation this out, of, out so of it. Yeah. His big thing is. If we don't create regular patterns of unhurriedness, like on a even a daily basis, now he goes what to what I think is an extreme case, and he he lives in, you know, he's a very successful preacher and writer, and so there are ways in which he can live an unhurried life that others cannot. Right? If you like, and I loved how you put this in your message at the beginning that. There, there are some economic realities that have created hurry and busyness that are just survival, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a, a situation in 2023 where it is not only uh, – it's not, it's not – it's, it's hard to have an option where if there's two, two, two parents in the household, both aren't working at least part-time. You know, one's working full time, one working part time. It's hard to have a situation like that. It's not common, and most common people, most common households mm-hmm. are two people working full time. And it's not so they can buy yachts and luxury cars. It's so that they can afford their eighteen hundred dollar a month rent, mm-hmm. which is 
more than what most people paid, you know, for mortgages even 10 years ago. So, um, that that's kind of built into our psyche. And when that's built into our psyche, that it's survival, it's really hard to get into those unhurried rhythms. And so the yeah. concept of taking an entire day for Sabbath to do something unto the Lord, whether it's, you know, taking a nap or doing good for others, it's like, it's like unheard of, right? It's like yeah. mind boggling. And so you have to build some of that into your daily life, right? Yeah. And it, and it's, it is situational though. And, and I think, the more I thought on this subject, the more you could easily slip into the Pharisaical, pharisaical by by basically creating too too clean of a list of things you can and can't do. Because to your point, economically, now so to my brain right off the bat is when Jesus points out to I, I believe the widow who gives basically the last of her money mm-hmm. to tithe. In trusting that the Lord, so you have okay. Well, there's a person who's going. I am. I need this money, yeah. <laughs> and yet I am giving it yeah. to tithe. And Jesus says, "That's what faith looks like." Um, we don't know the rest of the story. I'm assuming since Jesus highlighted her, uh, she was taken care of. But the, but there is a harsh reality where sometimes that doesn't come yeah. immediately, at least, right? And yeah. so, so where do you you where know do you, do, you, do you say, hey, in every circumstance, then you have to Sabbath because of that thing? And I go, well, no, well, not, not not necessarily. And and not not only do you have to Sabbath, but you have to Sabbath in this way, right? Exactly, right. And, and we and we. You know, in our tradition, in 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 the Reformed tradition, there are there are swaths of people that are like, no, no, no the Sabbath is Sunday. Like you have to, like if you're going to take your day, I'm like, well, uh, how does that work out for your pastors? Because I guarantee you, yeah. that's a work day for them. And and even if they, you know, you and I were just in a conversation with other next gen folks here, there work, there's work that we really love and fills us up, but it's still work. Yeah. And so what a what. what well, are we well, it was funny because right? I, I was talking with uh, one of our elders after after that, and I mentioned that that particular thing, and he's like, "Well, I mean, but is it work? Because it's you know gathering and blah blah." blah. I'm like. Well, Dude. only a guy who's not a pastor would yeah, say that. So, now, to, to his end, I go, well, yes, I am theoretically using the talent that God has given me in particular to serving yeah. the church. But if Sabbath is mm-hmm. economically stopping, well, I'm earning money technically yeah. on a Sunday morning. So I go, well, we want to get technical here. Then, yes, I am working. Yeah. But, well, no, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I definitely, that's a work day. It is for me. Work. It's a work yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, and, but it's not, people, and again, that goes back to the conversation about work. Work is not bad. No. Work is good. It's good work, and it's good, and it's good to have work that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it the same as rest and relaxation. And I loved how you nuance that relaxation piece because there are people that are like, no, 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 you got to be. I mean, and Comer does this a little bit in his book. That, I mean, he gets really kind of like prescriptive about what he says it looks like. Now he he always caveats it. Well, you know, it may not be how you do it, but. The, the tone is like no, no, no. But you really should do it my way. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, um, but I think there is contextual. There is some contextualism, and, and because Jesus, especially in those two stories that we both told about the the picking the heads of grain and then mm-hmm. the healing the man on the Sabbath, he's looking at the contextual needs of the people first and saying, "Is it you know?" What, how I kind of landed is I want to be like Sabbath should be life giving if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a giving, if it's if it's calling you to a, a full and abundant life, 
and you're seated in your faith in Jesus Christ, then you're going to be pointed back to the life giver who is who is our God, who is our Redeemer, who is our, who is our Savior, and who is our Lord. That's going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't manufacture that. Like no. that, that we can get in the habits and we can like to, to that illustration, we can rerut a new trail towards that, but we can't manufacture it. And just like the Pharisees who were hypercritical about Sabbath rest and had 39 rabbinical laws surrounding what was and what was not work, but they they were not pointed to Jesus Christ. And so, like, well, the, no, the, the, the practice ir- is not the God, right? The, the, the irony of those passages is, and I think you had said it in your message about mindfulness. I, I think you had mentioned that mm-hmm. quite a few times. Was here they are arguing the nuances of things, by the way, that they had kind of tacked on to yeah. the law anyway. And you did bring that up in yours. Um, and, and, and yet. Jesus makes a point of this in the passage of saying, I'm Lord. And yet God's literally in front of them and and they're missing him completely. So it's like, hey, man, um, that whole mindfulness part is that you're aware of God. And yet here he is standing in front of you going, yeah, Yeah, you you guys aren't getting this. Uh, Like how more direct of a smack in the face do you need? Well, and it's funny, too, because like – you know, Jesus says, you know, the Sabbath was made for man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man, and it was made for for humanity to be be drawn into relationship with with God. And yet, in their act of faith, in their so called act of faith, which it wasn't really an act of faith, it was an act of their personal will. They were they were they were, they missed God over and over and over and over and over again. And I, I that's a real. Um, that's a real. It, it's the thing that, and I we always give the Pharisees and the Sadducees like a lot of grief, rightly so, because the Gospels do. But then I always I was told the class, the Agape class. But you know, before we get too like judgy on them, that's us. Mm-hmm. You know, we do that very thing because when we start to say we're going to take Sabbath seriously, then we create all these rules about how we're going to take Sabbath, and then we say, and that may be okay for you, right? But it's when you start to say, well, if you're not doing it my way, then you're not yeah. actually doing it. Right? Well, we don't fight this as much, but it was no different than saying what you wore on a Sunday. It has yeah. to look like this. It has to be this for it to be the <clears throat> Lord's best. It's like, well, those, I'm not saying those are bad in particular, but now you're making these weird laws and bylaws or, or at least understoods um, that just kind of miss the heart of, yeah. of it. Um yeah, oh man, I had another. Man, I am losing my thoughts today. That's all right, this, man. Is, uh, this is unbelievable. I do um, want to ask you though. I, I want yeah. to get to this um, before before we go because you know we both talked about some of our Sabbath practices, right? We talked just, but we just gave like little vignettes and and examples. Um, are there things that that you that kind of are are to to go back to that illustration are there the the ruts in in your trail for sabbath that you go back to over and over again you say well when i am in this whatever this posture this 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 you know relationship this is where i'm hmm. in sabbath and are there things that you're like as soon as i venture into these conversations i'm not sad you know like yeah. i'm not saying like yeah. get like in your mind but are there things you're like anytime my toddler shows up i'm not sabbath no, <laughs> <you know. laughs> no i say that jokingly but I, i'll be 
to be frank with you, my struggle now is I'm re, I think, adjusting what Sabbath looks like now yeah. with a toddler in the house. And I only have one, so I have really no reason to complain. But um, so, because, and I say that to say I'm an introvert. So at the end of the day, I love quiet. I love to mm-hmm. read and drink a cup, a good cup of coffee. And for me to to just slow down and just think about what I'm and usually a theological book of some sort. Um, that is like a little piece of, I know that sounds so boring to so many people, but for me, that is a little piece of paradise. I almost never get to do that anymore yeah. unless I'm staying up till 2am, which by the way, I have been recently cause that's the only time I get to decompress. Um, so what I'm, so either I, I, I get bitter or I, I can get uh, grumpy at that. What I'm trying to ask the Holy Spirit to do in me currently is how do I Sabbath with this little toddler who adores me and adores my time and attention and learn to find the presence of God doing that. And so I have not quite yet landed yeah. on it, but I am, I, I think the struggle is good because mm-hmm. I want to come away with being present with my kiddo and be fulfilled in Christ. And I, I know that that can be done yeah. even if it is a stressor on, mm-hmm. on one end or, or, you know, can feel redundant. So, um, but outside of that, um, nature is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Often, you know this, uh, pastoral types, we can get caught up in an office too much, uh, yeah. whether that's administrative or just reading. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go out on a, a good trail um, and just slow down enough to take in nature, and yeah. um, I, I, I even try not to listen to a podcast or a sermon mm-hmm. or even music. Um, take for, in the environment. Just yeah. take it in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, that's important. For yeah. others, you can do kind of whatever version of that. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, I, I see God's creativity in that. Mm-hmm. I find myself breathing better. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in seminary, they're called, it's the idea of grounding, sure. kind of grounding yourself to, to God's nature mm-hmm. and, and the things around you. And I know there's people rolling their eyes thinking that's, that's a hippie thing, but there's there's always God's no, there's truth somewhere. Well, and, there's, and I think there's also, I mean, the biblical war. I mean, you you... You uh, kind of expounded on this a little bit more, but like in in the Genesis two, when Jesus rests from his work, um, it's not just a it's not just to sit back and take a nap because God doesn't slumber nor sleep, but He does step back and 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 you talked about the theoretical conversation between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at creation, like what they had accomplished, mm-hmm. and there is something very biblically lit right about the getting outside right and 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 i know that there are contextual situations there where people are homebound or whatnot mm-hmm. but even if you can just open a window or sit next to a window if, if you're immobile and in a wheelchair i mean if you can get there they they there are studies and, and research done about people who are um, homebound or they're in hospitals for a significant amount of time and the therapeutic the the therapeutic nature of the of the the big windows that's why you see so many hospitals mm-hmm. now I mean we, we have big, a new broad open, yeah, yeah I mean if you look at the new hospital wing even here at Lakeland Regional I mean it is floor-to-ceiling windows in those 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 rooms there's a reason for that it's not mm-hmm. just because it looks pretty but it's so that natural light comes in God created us to thrive on vitamin D. Go mm-hmm. figure. We feel more rested when we come in from outside, right? Yeah. We feel more rejuvenated. My wife and I talk about this all the time. If we're having, you know, difficult conversations about, you know, 
whether it's parenting or finances or scheduling, because we're, you know, we're people that are kind of going in different directions. And there's something so great about us just sitting on our back porch, sitting uh, under our tree and our maple tree. And, and I'll tell you, man, the, the, the temperature of the conversation just levels out because we're just like, you know, you breathe deeper, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're built that way. God designed us that way. And there's something Sabbath giving about uh, doing part of that restful, unhurried way in, in nature. Yeah, yeah. In particular, you know, because I had kind of talked about the idea that that God had said Sabbath prior to the fall, prior to the curse. So this is something we're, yeah. we'll be doing for the rest of eternity. I'll also say this. One of the primary differences for humans curse or no curse yeah. is that we're embodied yeah and and that does mean we have different sets of needs mm-hmm. whether again curses there or not curses there and part of that is is to to breathe to slow down to mm-hmm. smell smells to touch grass to you know all those all those different kind of body things in so often there was a time period i think we're kind of getting out of that now where uh the gnostic yeah, thought dualism, of yeah. dualism mm-hmm. of of soul and body being two separate for the human it, it's 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 both and sort of thing they're they're either attached or they are the same thing however yeah. you want to argument argue that and so we would with that type of dualism in the back of our heads that has creeped definitely into Christian sermons and absolutely and, and thought processes is that the body almost doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just about cramming more theology into our brains, mm-hmm. which by the way, is your body, your brain yeah. is a part of that yeah. process anyway. So for me to to take care of my body, whether that is hiking or sitting in the back porch or even napping, because your body might just be telling you you need rest. Rest. Yeah, you have you've you, you got to shut the brain off. Damaged yeah. something here, yeah. and then I get to rest, or in that in that way, nap or slow down on the porch, knowing God has got everything under control, yeah. and all my efforts are are true, genuine efforts. But but do I actually trust that God's got? Hey, I got you. I got yeah. you on this one. And it is. It's a big thing about the trust thing. And, you know, for 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 pastors, I think anybody in professional ministry, Sabbath is a, is an important part of what we do. It's also difficult um, because um, I, I I I don't want to call anybody out, but I, I've I've heard uh, lay leaders in the church. The expectation is that a pastor is twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year, always on call, and that's just not healthy. It's not biblical. Uh, it's definitely not God honoring. And so there've got to be times where it's like, look, you, you will not hear from me. Like you, I will. And I've had to get more and more like tough about those things, you mm-hmm. know, and, and creating boundaries, creating yeah. those good boundaries and also realizing that. So the, the, the American work week was designed towards a Sabbath keeping, with five days of work 
and five days of, of vocational work, one day of family work, and one day of rest. I mean, that's the way it was designed. So you work Monday, Monday through Friday. You have a family day of yard keeping and projects around the house on Saturday, fixing things. You know, to your point, you talk about the American dream. You know, that was the ideal. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday, you go to church and and you have a good meal after church and then you rest. I mean, you're with your family and, and, you know, you, you do recreational things, you relax or whatever. And again, some people get. You know, especially in reform camps, get hypercritical about you shouldn't watch football on Sunday. Well, that's not going to happen. But, um, <laughs> but, but it's but that was the way it's designed, and now it's and that's kind of how I try to design my my life. But in I do it. We do Friday. We do Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. So in my house, it's Friday is um, typically the rest day. That's the day that. My wife and I will get thank. I mean, we are extraordinarily blessed. We have a regular date day um, wow. on Friday That's awesome. That's because awesome. she's off of work on Friday. I'm off of work on typically most Fridays. I'm off, and uh, we'll go and just be the two of us. And and like we couldn't always do that when we had toddlers. Right? <laughs> Even uh, we we try, but it you know it only usually worked out about once a month. We'd actually get to do it, but then but Friday. Um, and we might do some house things, but it's it's low. Um, it's just it, the the expectation is pr- productivity is not the expectation on Friday typically, and then Saturday is the family, all four of us together, making you know getting things in order around the house, you know, getting car stuff done, you know, the to do list of your you know your life and then then sunday is is a is a work day for me um and a and a and a worship day um but uh we we i always try to keep some sabbath uh rhythms even in the monday through thursday time just taking some time like julie and i'll go out and take a walk now we got older kids so we can actually leave our kids on walks now, sure so, yeah so we can actually walk the neighborhood now that's pretty awesome uh <laughs> look forward to that yeah and we can go and sit on the porch and just you know talk and have that unhurried kind of conversation i talked about that i we try in those moments and actually pretty successfully um we don't we don't answer text messages or phone calls. I mean, we look at them because if it's our kids, we, <laughs> then it's, a, know, but, yeah. but we really try to keep uh, that to a minimum and just, you know, just be together. And, and, you know, we might have to talk about work things, but there's a, there's an unhurried nature to that. And mm-hmm. uh, my father-in-law used to have a, have a, a pattern um, that, that, you know, he would have, um, he would say, you know, one hour a day unhurried, Sabbath, one unit a week. So he would take an entire three hour or one day a week. So he have a Sabbath. Um, you know, he would try to keep one Sabbath day every single week. And then he would also do a pattern of of annual Sabbath where he would say, I'm going to take not just vacation. It wouldn't like family vacations. That all is different where he would just take one week. That was just him. Mm-hmm. Just like one of his continuing ed weeks would be a Sabbath week where he would do like what you're talking about, reading things that he, you know, theological books and then mixed in with, you know, fiction, whatever. Man, we we got to get that. Yeah. We got to get that added to, into any kind of pastoral role in a yeah. church is to, to allow them to have the, not and not use up their vacation days in yeah. a sense. Because I, I, I think Zach, part of the problem is 
is it always starts from the top. So yeah. if, if, if a shepherd's job is to be a role model, mm-hmm. but we're burning ourselves out and some of it's self-imposed some, you know, I, I'm a self-professed workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of it is a congregation. There are certain congregations that, that, that pressure you to go, you better be on point or elder team or whatever. That doesn't seem to be the case. All the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in our particular, um, at least that I'm aware of, at least in, in our church. But um, so it's got to start with me, to your point. Yeah. I, if I'm going to pass off the goodness of shaloming, Sabbathing, whatever we want to label it as, then it has to start with me. And I, I think. Um, Often, there in American church efficiency yeah. seems to be the word that rises up, sure. and, and that's a consumeristic thought process where it's like, "Well, I feel guilty." Yeah, I, can I say this? I feel sometimes I don't as much anymore. I feel guilty sitting down in my office and reading. Uh, a, a good the- theology book because it doesn't particular have to do with what I'm preaching in. Mm. Now I know anything I'm sitting down and absorbing is going to be utilized somewhere. somewhere yeah. But I mean, how ridiculous does it sound that in my own head I'm going, Oh, well my time could be better used doing what, yeah. you know, like, so to your point, it's like, I, I need to learn to worship in shalom in my workday, especially as the shepherd yeah. who's supposed to be passing that off. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Yeah. It, and it's tough. I mean, and I think in a church, uh, I think a lot of churches are like this. Our churches, I don't think any different. I think the uh, sometimes the pressure we feel from a congregation, it's not intentional, right? It's no. because we have a very, uh, we have a varied con- congregation. We have, you know, robust older adult areas and robust, you know, children, youth, family areas, but sometimes they don't really mix and know what the, you know, like it's, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't like, I haven't like, I'll, I'll be preaching in classic this week, but I haven't preached in classic in, you know, several months. And, 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 um, th- so there's some of those folks I haven't seen in, in several months. And so th- out of sight, out of mind. And mm-hmm. there's that, that kind of concept Well, what is now I've been here long enough. People know what I do and they know kind of, you know, and they also, I think they've, uh, we've always, we've made a commitment. Um, I, my, my wife is a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, both of her siblings are pastors. We, you know, we have family, you know, we've made a commitment that the ministry is not going to be the idol, right? Mm-hmm. The ministry is not going to be the idol. It's it's a great a calling, but it, the calling is not the idol. And so it's not going to be, and a lot of pastors don't get that. Like, and a lot of, I don't say just pastors, a lot of ministry professionals don't understand that your worship of God and your faith in God is not the ministry. The ministry is an outgrowth of that, but so is your family. Mm-hmm. So is your personal well-being. So is, like, that's why this Integrated Life series is is important because it's saying no 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 um as i work unto the lord i'm expressing my my faith in jesus christ as i spend time with my family whatever that might be as a follower of jesus christ i'm doing that unto the lord as as an example of my faith it's not just what you do in your ministry and even down to the rest thing when you go out and i loved how you nuance it like look even doing good 
you know, even doing good for others, that can be um, a part of that shalom. That that because you're 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 giving life to someone else. You know, you're you're demonstrating that to someone else. That if we're doing that unto the Lord, that can that's that's a that's a big part of who it's, we it's are. A refiller, yeah. I mean, and, and ultimately, right. And this is cheesy, pastor answer, but Jesus gives us the rhythm. He gives us the mm-hmm. the role model. And if God Himself can take time to stop yeah. and Sabbath and rest and go, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm in no hurry. Yeah. I want to enjoy God and yeah. enjoy. Then I go, well, then that sets the precedent for the rest of us. Who do I think yeah. I am that I can accomplish more than Jesus can? Well, listen, I'll just close out with this. It makes me think, you know, that I think it's part of the reason, and this didn't come up in either one of our messages. I'm just thinking of this now. I think because we. There's something to us that forgets that we're eternal beings. And so we have this mentality of, I got to do it now because time is so precious. Time is precious. Don't, I mean, you're, I'm not saying it's not precious. Um, and this earthly life, there it is finite, mm-hmm. but our existence is eternal. And so the hurried the reason God is not in a hurry is because he's eternal and he knows he's eternal and he knows that he's going to accomplish what he needs to accomplish when he needs to accomplish it. And he's not bothered by a sense of anxiety or angst that it's that time is running out. And we get like that because we forget in our relationship with Christ, we are also eternal beings. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens in, in this, the, the day that we're given is what it was supposed to be. And like you said, they're, of all people, Christians should be the ones who rest the most because we know who who's in control and we trust who's in control. And so if I don't get everything done on my to-do list today, it's okay. <laughs> if that means I can rest and enjoy in gratitude the person and work of Jesus Christ from from me, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a big that's a big point. We could talk forever about this because I think we the we believe in it. Yeah. But we also struggle with it, I think too. <laughs> like and we think a lot well, of other people struggle with it as well. This is one when I when I was getting ready to preach, I just went, man, I don't know how well this one's going to land. Not not in the sense of them getting it, but in the sense of like we just don't do this. We yeah. don't do this well. And that includes us. I think mm-hmm. we we also, and I think we both admitted that. I yep. think that's that's part of it is is we understand our own shortcomings in this, and and saying, look, we we know how hard this is, so feel a sense of relief that it's it is hard. <laughs> we get it, um, but it's worth it and mm-hmm. it's valuable. So, uh, Josh, I appreciate you being here uh, today. I'm going to be in classic this Sunday. Pastor John's back in Vine uh, this Sunday. We're going to dive into how faith informs our relationship with controversies. So super, super fun. Uh, it's actually Youth Sunday this Sunday in classic service. So uh, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun a week and uh, hope that people will come out. If anyone missed this past week's messages, whether it's Josh in Classic or mine in Vine, go to our website, fpclakeland.org. Go to the worship page and the sermon archive tab where you can watch complete services. Um, you can also uh, sign up to subscribe to, to Armchair Preaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and uh, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when a new episode drops. And there's options there 
to share so that others can be uh, along that journey with you. Uh, Josh, once again, thanks so much for hanging out. Glad to be here. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye.